Diamond. D-I-A-M-O-N-D. A precious gem of the most valuable kind. When pure, it is clear. Diamond. D-I-M-O-N-D. A family name bringing traditions of love, hard work, and moral values. This is the Diamond Education Podcast. With my mom and dad, Johnny and Kelly England. All right. Welcome to the Diamond Education Podcast. We are your hosts, John and Kelly England, and uh, we are here helping you find the most valuable education for your child. We want to welcome today Kimberly Maycock. Kimberly Maycock is passionate about empowering families to make home education work for them. Her journey as a homeschooling mom of two boys has been a crash course in productivity, priorities, and grace. And she loves sharing her best lessons learned from this process. Kim co-founded the YouTube channel, Love Center Learning, helped start the Discovery Tree Co-op. She has also served as a content creator for Education Opportunity for Every Child and a homeschool advocate for Education Empowerment Hub. Kim is a registered nurse of 15 years, currently employed as a care coordination director for Haven Health Group. Personal pursuits include singing and keys in the band, Proclaim. She's excited to help you unlock new levels of fulfillment in your home education journey. Thank you. We're excited to have you on the show, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're going to start off with a very hard-hitting question. What is education, Kim? (laughs) Okay. It's a big one. I believe that it is the active pursuit of truth. And um, it can come in lots of different forms. And it's also a progression in our lives of both knowledge and skills. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I found as I've done research on education, it is like finding truth, like yeah. finding those principles and yeah, yeah and just finding everything them. you read and learn. So, well, yeah. And I think it's also that uh, idea of, you know, that constant growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like education doesn't just happen in a classroom, you know, right. in such a formal setting and stuff like that. But there's that, like you said, that constant search for truth, because, mm-hmm. you know, as fallible human beings, we don't always find that, you know, like right. we just got to kind of get closer and closer to it as we grow and progress. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your philosophy for educating your children? Okay, so I love, I read a book that's one of my favorites. Um, it's called Teaching from Rest oh by God. Sarah McKenzie. Have you read this, Kelly? Yes, yeah. she's one of my favorite. It? I oh. love her, yes. Okay. So I would say like my philosophy is kind of like embodied in this, not that I live it perfectly or even closely, but I really try to. Basically, the concept is that we put these ideas and experiences in front of our children. And then we let their spirits grasp onto those things that are, that awaken in them, whatever they were called to do in life. Um, There's a quote in here by Plutarch that says, the mind is not a vessel that needs filling, but wood that needs igniting. And so just kind of giving our children as many opportunities as we can to ignite those things that are lying dormant in their spirits already. Um, so for me, that looks like um, uh, I'm not an unschooler. Um, I have great respect for that philosophy, but I'm like too much of a control freak for that to work for me. <laughs> I'm too much of like a scheduled person and a to-do list person. And I 
like I love that there's so many different ways, but so consistency with core subjects is really important for me, um, knowing that they're getting reading, writing, and math on a consistent basis. Um, and I, I do that one-on-one because yeah. those subjects in particular, children are at such varying levels. It's hard to teach that in a group setting. Yeah. And so that's something that I've held on to, to through whatever programs we've been a part of, like reading, writing, math. I get to do that one-on-one with my kids. Yeah. Um, but also... I love bringing in group classes, whether it's extracurriculars or co-ops or we use private schools and charter schools made for homeschoolers to teach those other subjects that are better in a group setting or that can be effective in a group setting like science and history and just learning like those facts and maybe art and creative group learning um, is a big part of my philosophy or our approach. Um, So what you're saying is... That, you know, because all the all the people always tell me that homeschoolers, they just never get socialization. Oh, so you're now we're, we're total <laughs> loners and losers. And yeah. And, and awkward, right? We're just socially <laughs> awkward all of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I went to public school my entire um, well, I guess I did private school a little bit when I was growing up and I never met an awkward person in public school. So <laughs> I guess it's totally valid when people say that. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Uh, and I was listening to, I think it was to another podcast and the person said, well, they'll only be weird if you're weird. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so you yeah, get that absolutely. in both settings, right? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but social is, our community, our homeschool community is a big part of our philosophy. It's a part of our education because I think we should, our children should be able to learn from other sources than ourselves because they're not always going to be in our homes and to be able to learn from mentors and other families and peers and older children and younger children, like um, just that more natural community setting, I believe creates a more wholehearted socialization than the artificial, like forced to be with 30 kids that are your same age, you know, all for seven hours a day, because that's not realistic. That's not how the world works. Like I've never been in a setting like that outside of public school. And so I feel like the socialization that homeschoolers get, as long as you're actively pursuing it, of course, like there is the option to just stay home and not (laughs) interact with people, but in going on outings or being involved in groups, um, of people of varying ages, you get that more organic socialization. My kids like can interact with old people, kids younger than themselves. They're not in this peer group only mindset yeah. um, that I think often happens in that more forced social yeah. setting. So there was an interesting thing. So we listen sometimes to um, Andrew Poudois, who's the director. I don't know. He, he, he works for the Institute of Excellence for Writing and does like some writing uh-huh. curriculum. Anybody, IAW? They, yeah, IAW, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And he, they have a podcast and he was on, on his podcast. He talked about when you have kids of different ages interacting with each other, they actually use more sophisticated language. But when mm-hmm. you get them in the same age group, that's when they use their simplest form of language. Interesting. Yeah. And so just with language development and vocabulary development, and it goes both ways, the younger kids will use more sophisticated language with older kids. Mm -hmm. And and it's about that, you know, about probably about the same range that, you know, our kids are apart in age, which is about two years. If they're about two years apart, you use a much more sophisticated language uh, skill set when communicating. So Yeah. 
And I, I've seen it go both ways too, where, you know, um, in our co-op, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure, um, we had an age range of five to 14. And my kiddo was five and his best friend in the co-op is the 14 year old. And just seeing the way that that 14 year old who would normally be like, I'm too cool for school, like his emotional intelligence to be able to relate to a five and a six year old on that level and make him feel like he's his best friend. Like there's something to be said for that too. I mean, the academics is one thing. And then there's also this emotional intelligence um, component when you are, in that more organic setting and allowing older children to mentor younger children and younger children to look up to those older children. That's just such a a really beautiful part of the social piece. Yeah. Well, and it gives them that like leadership opportunity as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And it will make them better parents and better leaders and yeah. Yeah. I'll let you ask the next one since I I jumped all over and started (laughs) talking about different parts of it. So, well, we kind of interrupted Kim. Did she want, did you have more you wanted to add? Well, the only other thing that I would say that this book and my philosophy um, is centered on is on God and being able to make God a part of my children's education that like I get to pray about what curriculum is going to be best for them. I get to pray about our schedule and it's like a ever evolving thing, but God gets to be involved in that and my children get a say. And so I, I love that if something's not working for them that I can, you know, will it'll start to get sticky and I'll be like, okay, so tell me about what's going on. Why is this so hard? Whereas those frustrations, if he was in a, you know, public school setting may just, he may just hold those inside and maybe something wouldn't be working for him. But you know, the system is already so stressed as John knows, it's not like you can cater to every individual child, like a, like a mother would be able to, and tapping into resources that are divine that really know that child, um, is just a really beautiful thing. And it's a huge part of my philosophy with homeschool. I I love that Kim. So what is your background in your family education journey? Um, so personally, I, like I mentioned, I actually went to 10 different public schools, but from the time of K through 12th. So I got a really wide range of educational experiences that way. I had a pretty good experience. I was very active in a lot of different, uh, whatever extracurriculars and things. And it was, it was a good education. Um, I went on and I became a registered nurse and, um, my career has been in nursing and uh, never planned on homeschooling. You know, I was just gonna toe the line of what I did and, you know, I turned out <laughs> fine, whatever. Um, my husband also, you know, went to public school. Um, but uh, when my oldest was four and my youngest was one, we were living in Arizona and I was working full-time in a corporate role um, for Haven Health Group. I had just gone full-time when we moved down there and I was like, I'll try it out. I had been doing part-time from home and that had worked great. But I was like, we'll, we'll give this a try. And I just, it was not the right fit. I was like, my kids are there at this daycare and I'm missing them growing up. And like, I feel gypped because yeah. I want to be there. And I know not everyone has that option, but we did. And so um, a couple months after moving down there for that um, full-time position, I was like, sorry, this is not going to work. And so we phased out of that. And Gavin was doing the Waterford Upstart program. And I just loved watching him learn and grow. You know, I would sit with him and he would do the program. And 
I was like, wow. And pretty soon he was exceeding, he was beyond the kindergarten mark. And I was like, oh, well, we're, you know, he would be starting kindergarten in about a year, but he's now at like kindergarten, first grade level now at four. And so I was like thinking about how that would work logistically for him to be in a kindergarten classroom and maybe the boredom that could lead to behaviors. And so initially it was like an academic reason um, that I wanted to try homeschooling him for kindergarten. And also a little bit selfish because I just loved watching him learn to read and I didn't want yeah. to share him with anyone. And so, <laughs> um, so, and my husband was very encouraging. He's like, yeah, I mean, you're already home. You know, you're already going to be home at least until, you know, Cooper would go to school. So we might as well try, you know, and um, the rest is history because I loved it and I found so much fulfillment in it. And it was way simpler than I ever thought it would be and more beautiful and joyful. And so we've been doing it the entire time we've supplemented with programs. You know, he did go to like private preschool and a private school that was for homeschoolers and a charter school that was for homeschoolers and co-ops yeah. and collaboratives. And so we've always supplemented with something, um, but we've homeschooled all the way through. And now my youngest, so my oldest is now almost 10 and my youngest is almost seven. And um, we just, just start lifestyle now and it's, it's beautiful and we love it. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. I love that, Kim. I always remember, and maybe you should tell this story, but you know, as, cause, cause we're brand new homeschoolers, right? I mean, we just, oh, Kim knows she's years. supported me a few times <laughs> yeah. on what do I do? <laughs> you guys are amazing. No, yeah. this is our second year. So uh -huh. anyway, yeah. and each but, year, but, but each year when the kids were leaving for school, you were always sad to mm. have them like leave the house, right? Heart-wrenching. I mean, yeah. that was... Well, yeah, you, yeah, you I wasn't... Well, Kim heard a different story. Apparently, I said something different to her one time. She was telling me that day. Because I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, it's just... It's funny the reactions you get from people when you tell them you homeschool. Because some people, yeah. like... Some people... I don't know if they feel threatened or if they feel like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, how dare you do something different than the status quo or, and I, I yeah. don't want to assign like intention to anybody, but it's funny. It's just funny to see people's reactions, but it was funny because Kelly yeah. was like, Oh, you homeschool. You're like, yeah, I could never do that. In fact, I wish school was all year round. Like <laughs> oh. I wish they didn't have summer <laughs> break. It must have been an awkward. Yeah. I don't know. Cause honestly, Kim, because I was a part, my husband was a part of public education system. I was, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you're in that yeah. mindset of that's, this is the way you do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I always had this different view oh. and now we're on the recent, it's funny to be on the other side of it now and be uh -huh. like, you Why probably are have they some so awkward? So yeah, well, and I don't think that we would go back. Other. Oh no! Like it's been, I I love it because I mean I'm working from home now, and mm -hmm. you know I can I I get to teach math to my kids like oh, I before I start work, but I just have to go to the other room to to do work, and so yeah. I love it because it builds our relationships and stuff like that yeah. just well, within the home and such a blessing. It sounds like Kim and us we didn't ever think right, Kim, we'd ever do it. Yeah. And then we did it. No, I was, I was like, scared to death. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, it was more like, what I if mean, my kid can't read? What if yeah. he... <laughs> so. Yeah, well, and society puts like, there's just such a weird skewed view about it, just in general, from people who, you know, don't understand it. 
Yeah. I remember, and I totally bought into that because when we moved back here to Utah from Arizona and my husband's like, you should look into homeschooling. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to this homeschool, this local homeschool group. They do these activities and I'll just kind of scope it out. See how weird the people are or whatever. And I, walked <laughs> in, I was legitimately like my bias just shocked me. Cause when I looked around and I saw all these like hip dressed moms and they were like, their kids were all like interacting and they were cute and cool. And like the moms like weren't wearing long dresses and like, <laughs> bonnets. like I I don't know. I, I was shocked to see all these cool moms at homeschool. I was like, whoa, my whole world is turned upside down. And it, like, it's not that they, and they had time to get ready for the day. You know, I think there's this idea that you won't have any time for yourself as a mom. And like, you have to be totally self-sacrificing. And so I think I was shocked to see that and also to live it and just see how, how much time there is when you're being more intentional with your time and you can shower and you can, you know, <laughs> pursue the things you love. Um, and it's not out of the realm of possibility to have a very fulfilled, abundant life. In fact, I feel like my life is more abundant with homeschool. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. And I think that's one thing that we were kind of surprised by when we were homeschooled, when we began was, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, we were, we got a lot of it done in a lot less time during the school day too during the days that we were like officially homeschooling. Right. And so like, there is that time to just hang out or read a book to the kids or whatever. And the, like when we get done with like the traditional like math or language arts programs. So, yeah. So would you say your kids are closer? Yes, they're very close. It doesn't mean they don't fight, but you know, lots, it gives us lots of opportunities to work on like conflict resolution you know they have a lot more opportunities to work those kind of things out and to be you know we tell them all the time we're like you guys need to be best friends and if there's ever a time where like you guys aren't being treating each other like best friends then we need to look at other social time because you were talking about social like I feel like my kids get too much social almost because we've got (laughs) a neighborhood full of kids we've got all these groups we're in and sometimes I'm like you guys just need to hang out together we just need family time you know and so And so we'll tell them, you know, family is first, it's the priority. And we have all these opportunities to work on these things. Whereas if they were away from each other all day with just their peers, then they would come to see each other as not a peer, but they're, they're best friends. Like we, we're going to keep emphasizing that, you know, cause they're, they're forever friend, you know? Yeah. They are. yeah. That's awesome. What are some of the other success stories that you've had while homeschooling your children or even in the homeschool co-ops that you've been a part of? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, academically, it's been wonderful to see my children progress at the level that they were intended to. And that means they're ahead, ahead in some levels than they would be if they were with their peer groups. Um, and while that's great, I, you know, it's that's not the most important. I would say, like we were saying, the family closeness. My husband also works from home. And so him being able to step in and us just have time, um, the flexibility that we have to travel when we want to or go on outings when all the kids are in school. And so it's like yeah. the museums are cleared out, um, has allowed for a lot more of those kind of opportunities without the frustrations of lines and crowds. And um, so that's a big part of it. And uh I love not having to rush every single morning, you know, and yeah. get out the door. And then when they come home, the the homework, like we're able to get everything done by lunchtime. And then I have time to like work in the afternoon or they can play Legos or just kind of just having that more, op- more white space 
in our lives has been really beautiful. So I know that's not success stories. I guess those are just like, I think they're success things stories. of the lifestyle, you know, just in general. So I just finished actually reading a book called Unschooled by Carrie McDonald. I don't know if you've read okay. that book, but I've heard it, of it. I haven't read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but she also talked about like, I mean, in the afternoon, she said they can just sit and play with Legos and use their imaginations where it's this unstructured playtime, which mm -hmm. when you look at like, you know, results, psychological results for children, like that's such an important opportunity for them to explore and, you know, test limits and do all those things so that they can learn and grow and, and, you know, adjust their, or, or explore their, their personalities and their likes mm -hmm. and their dislikes and stuff like that. And how amazing I think that is. And so that was one of the yeah. points that she made in her book that I really, really appreciated is that, because that's, one of the things we've talked about is like, we don't want our kids just scheduled out all of the time either. And, and this right. all gives us more time to let them just be free every once in yeah. a while from schedules. And let's be honest, yeah. the soccer mom mentality stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. one of those, are you sure you want to do soccer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm more it gets really heavy. Yeah, it gets really heavy really fast. And so um, and it, so it's nice to know that every day they are going to have a little bit of that space. And I yeah. think that it's in that space that they discover their genius and they discover what they want to do in the boredom, you know, or in yeah. that space where it's not structured, then they're going to like discover their life purpose, you know, cause like I've got these budding engineers here. Cause that's what they, they want to do Legos, you know? And right. um, so it's, it's really cool that they have that. I don't remember having a lot of that. I was very, very scheduled. Um, and that worked for me, you know, but it makes it so I can't be an unschooler now. <laughs> it's like, it my brain, but, um, but I do appreciate them being able to have that, that time. Each yeah. day for sure. So Kim, I'm more like you. John keeps yeah. talking about unschooling one of our children. <laughs> uh -huh. like, I don't know about that. That stresses me out because I need I need that child on the schedule. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Yeah, sometimes we need it for ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure that I'm there. I, I keep reading about it. I'm like, that sounds really cool. Know, and then I, I look at what it is and like, it is. Yeah. It really it is. is. And, and, and I, I do feel that I mean, like I said, we're, we're just into year two of, of homeschooling our children and, and it's not even all of our children. Right. But mm -hmm. they were, we're in, we're two years in and I do feel like we are becoming a lot more lax, uh, yeah. like relaxed and just how we do it. Like, right. I, I think at first we did expect them to be doing school for seven hours a day and stuff yeah. like that. And we were right. trying to we're trying, that to, mentality. We're trying, we're trying to, to put the public school within my home. So yeah, that's, that's very common. So I've, with our, my um, YouTube channel, I've interviewed a lot of different homeschooling families and that's really common when they go from public school to homeschool. It's like a really hard transition because you think like it has to be school at home. Right. Yeah, well, and that's what I we're taught is like the right way to do school. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. That Cause especially if you were public school that that's like the only thing you know and like that's the only way that they're going to succeed and so it, it takes some time to kind of decompress from that and one thing I would recommend Kelly because I am so like John when I read about or I speak to a home an unschooler I'm just like that is so beautiful you know and I want to capture pieces of that and so like I have scheduled like an hour a day 
where we sort of unschool. It's our, it's our bath morning basket time. And she talks about that in here yeah. or like the things that you're like, Oh, that would be nice. Like to read poetry or to, you know, delve into the scriptures more or just to read from a classic or have a discussion about whatever, like we have our first hour of the day is our morning basket time. And it's kind of an unschooled little snippet before we get into you know, the yeah. meat of our core learning. And that's been really, really precious. Do you have a separate basket for each boy according to their interest? Or? I, that's how I started, but now we just do it together. Like at the okay. whiteboard, and we'll have discussions and delve into scripture and things that would normally go the wayside. You know, she said, put those things first before you go into the day. And then you can feel like just filling your cup and that love of learning and, and whatever before you dive into everything else. And that's what been is- a really thing. Yeah. One of the things I liked, actually, you shared that podcast with me yesterday where she and Andrew Poudois were on it, but she mentioned like, you're always going to learn new things about homeschooling. And then you're going to feel like, Oh, I should do that. And then when you don't do it, like you feel like you're not like doing like all everything you can or whatever. And so, yeah. but, but her idea of like teaching from rest is, you know, mm-hmm. we'll do what we can. And just like God with the loaves and the fishes, like it's yeah. enough. Yeah. It's enough and I will make up the rest, you know, and like, yep, your loaves and fishes can maybe feed like seven people, but I can feed 4,000 with that or 5,000 with that, right? Absolutely. So, well, and to add yeah. on to that, I love, because she talks about that in teaching from rest to mm-hmm. be who you're supposed to be. If you're not the mom that's going to make sugar cube igloos, yes. then, then no. don't be that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was such the joy yeah i'm much like i sit and relax and read you know read aloud and while they're playing legos or while they're drawing you know like that's i'm not a a project-based person which is one reason i've had to supplement with programs because i know that's really important like especially for boys that hands-on creativity and i just know i'm not that person and so it's been great because these programs have always supplemented with science specifically um to do the experiments and the messy things and the things that i just don't really want to do. And that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Then you're <laughs> teaching something that another parent doesn't want yeah. to do, right? <laughs> so that's awesome. Um yeah. <laughs> going back to kind of like a success story question you had earlier, I would say one of the biggest success stories um is that my kids want their kids homeschooled. Nice. And I, I feel like that's um, a little bit of a validation because some days I'm like, I'm failing at this or I've yelled at them or like things aren't coming together. And I'm just like, would they rather be away from me, you know, being taught by someone else? Like maybe they'd be better off. Oh. But like knowing that they continue to say, like, I want my kids homeschooled just tells me like they're having a good enough experience that they would want to share it too, because again, when we are experiencing joy, we want to share it. And so I told them that I would homeschool their kids if their (laughs) wives didn't want to. Have you seen, I've seen these grandma groups and I love it. Well, I didn't, so before my mom passed away in October, she was actually helping homeschool too. And I'm like, so special, so fun. Like I hope, you know, like you, I'm like, I want to still be involved because how great for those kids, you know, mm-hmm. to that multi-generational experience. And really this older generation, the wisdom they have to offer and so much to offer where we think, you know, in our mind, we think we're retired, right? Like, yeah, yeah. which 
Should we have still so much to give? Yeah, right. There's so much. Yeah. So yeah. no, I love that, Kim. Yeah. So I'm putting it on the record, boys. If you ever watch this, my offer still stands. <laughs> Grandma school. Grandma <laughs> school. Go. I love that. I love it, I love I love it. it no. so much. I'm going to be sad when I don't get to do it anymore. So yeah. Well, and, and that, this is just something I just thought about, but I, I mean, it does give that opportunity for more like interactions with extended family, right? Yeah. Like, hey, so much more you know, time. Gram grandma's coming over. Great. You don't have to worry what? about school or whatever. Like we can, we'll just pause school and yeah. go hang out with grandma and learn, you know, crocheting or whatever it is from grandma or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like, or, there's cool like things that you can learn. Totally. And my sister, she's coming into town because her kids are on fall break for two weeks at the beginning of October. And yes. we get to just spend the whole time with them, you know, yeah. and it'll just, and they'll get to come to our groups with us. And it's, it's just such a blessing. The lifestyle is so flexible and, and beautiful. What you, I feel like what you feel like you might lose out in time, like for yourself, you gain in just life experience and family and not having to rush around and be on someone else's schedule. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, I was worried when all my kids were going back to school because mm -hmm. I was like, what am I going to do? You know, like, <laughs> I, I know told John I need to find something but I just want to be a mom <laughs> like yeah. and now I'm then yeah. the next year homeschool happened and I'm like well the Lord was like here you go Kelly yeah. <laughs> this is what you're gonna do <laughs> so yeah. yeah there you go uh, well and another success story for you too Kim is they are proud of their education well and that was I mean you mentioned like Gavin wanting to you know go to the ATC and be able to start a career right when he turns 18 right I mean that's one of the things for our oldest who is this is her first year fully homeschooling is, you know, she, she's got an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, she's like, I want to take this class. She's taking a graphic design class right now, you know, and awesome. she's going to take some other classes later on, but she's like, but yeah, I, I, I want to take an entrepreneur class and start a business. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like that's so way. Awesome. And she's like, and I don't need calculus dad. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, one it's not one size fits all, you know, yeah, like yeah. kids are going to have different trajectories. And so being able to help cater their education to where they want to go will make it so there's so much more buy-in, you know, yeah. there's not going to be the fighting. Well, you, this is what you want to do. So this is what we have to learn, you know, to get yeah. to there and, and they buy into it so much more that way. Yeah. yeah. And well, and this child, she was not a child that fits in the box, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's been a blessing to bring her home. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Well, we like to end our podcast with one question that just because we've, we felt like we've become kind of history buffs a little bit. We love learning about history lately. Or wannabes. Or, so. Yeah, we're wannabe <laughs> history buffs. And so we cheat by just asking other people stories from history. And okay. so I would like to know, like, who is one of your heroes from history and why? Okay. Um, so last year in our co-op, I taught history and it was the Middle Ages. And um, my favorite person that we talked to, we devoted a whole five-week unit to Joan of Arc. Oh, nice. And I remember loving her as a child too, because there's not a lot of like girl warriors, you know, through history that you hear of. And um, it was just so special to be able to teach the kids about this girl who had so much faith in God that she was able to, you know, be a warrior and just fight these battles that like no one thought she could. 
and she was able to withstand horrible um, circumstances and still remain faithful and true. And um, I have a couple quotes of hers that I love. I am not afraid. God is with me. I was born for this. Um, And I just think it's beautiful. You know, I just think like we don't have to be afraid when we know our purpose. And one thing I love about homeschool is being able to help my kids know who they are and what their purpose is and what they're born for. Um, And so that whatever comes their way, you know, they can have courage. They can know who their trust is in. And they can know what kinds of wonderful people through history to look up to. And most of all, you know, to look to God. Um, And then this is the other quote I really like is one life is all we have. And we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. Mm. Um, And even though my Christian faith, I do believe that there is something after this life. There is something to be said for just living this life to your fullest, to have something that you stand for. And even if, you know, you may have to sacrifice something to pursue a homeschool education or to pursue something else for you or your family that you believe to be right, it is worth it. Standing up for what you know to be true is um so much more important than anything you feel like you might be sacrificing and God will be with you as you like stand strong in that. And I've experienced that and um, all the awkward conversations I might have or the judgments I might receive for the things that I've chosen for my family. It's worth it because I'm, you know, living the way I believe in living it, living my life the way that I believe. And um, there's a lot of peace that comes from that. Yeah. I love that. That's way cool. I love, uh, lately I've been the definition of fearing God, you know, it's kind of been in the scriptures lately and as we've been reading and because before I thought fear, like be afraid of God, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and just the awe and the reverence of it's going along with that, that that's who we are really worried, should be worried about pleasing is God. And yeah, in homeschool, like you said, we get a walk with him and Mm -hmm throughout yep. life. Like you say, I, the past few years, we've had some trying things and mm-hmm. it's maybe not the way we pictured it in our mind, but the path God has taken us has been worth it, yeah. even though it's been hard. And so, well, I, I know God can use like the hard circumstances in this life to bring so much good about, and just the number of families that are homeschooling now that wouldn't have before you know Mm -hmm. political upheaval and pandemics and all of that just it's really beautiful to see because god needs warrior families and he needs families to be close because there's so many things trying to pull families apart so many things trying to pull um children from god and we just have to stand strong as families for what's right and it's not always going to be the easiest path but there are so many resources and so many things to make it doable and make it enjoyable yeah yeah i agree was it meant to be easy no No. exactly if you look at history it's like i think we have that mindset of like we'll do this and then life will be comfortable and it's like that was no, the plan that was never in the plan yeah you guys. i don't remember that ever being in the scriptures that you know you'll be comfortable <laughs> I, I can't i can't think of a scripture that says that i can't either yeah, yeah. less <laughs> but not comfortable <laughs> right yeah we were just going over um you know the beatitudes right and how like it's this upside down world like 
blessed are those that mourn, you know, blessed are those that are persecuted, like the things that we would normally look on and be like, that's a bad thing, you know, but yeah. he's, that's what God's looking for. He wants to refine us through all of those things. And it's, it's um such a beautiful plan and path. Yeah. That's awesome. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been so fun. <laughs> You're it's been awesome, a good time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Diamond Education Podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At Diamond Education, D-I-M-O-N-D, or on our website, diamondedcom